Thanks for tuning in to another week. Thanks for downloading, subscribing, sharing this episode. This is the Live Life Wrestling Show. Sincere Hogan, that's me, Mike Marlin, on the other line. What's going on, bro? Oh, I'm doing good, man. We have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about again this week. And before we get to all of that, just a quick shout out to some of our VIP listeners who are using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off the best nutrition supplements around. We've got Sapano Hassanzade. <laughs> That's a cool name. You gotta say it with flair. Hassanzade. Yeah, Sapano Hassanzade. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a- nice. <laughs> we got Mark Wilson, Steve Costello out of Australia. Mm. We got Pranit Mungali out of India, listener in India. Cool. Jeff Talamic, Talamka, Dellard Nelson, Greg Allman, Vincent Dash. John Pearson and Joseph Barnes, they're all using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off and support the show. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if you really want to support the show, just don't use the coupon code at all. Then, <laughs> then there's an extra 10% that comes to me who would into the show. So if you want to go way beyond the VIPs, buy stuff, but don't use the coupon code. How about that? Be an executive <laughs> VIP. <laughs> You're going to start giving shout-outs for people who don't use the coupon code. <laughs> Starting next week. Yeah, no, don't, yeah, don't sleep on the EC, folks, because estrogen mm-hmm. dominance is rampant in the U.S. right now. <laughs> like wildfire and i think there's a couple of reasons for it. one reason is i think some guys are trying to save money on going to the strip club so they're thinking that if i just grow my own <laughs> pair of hooters <laughs> i could just stay home <laughs> can you imagine man if if dudes get, get their own boobs man like we would never get anything done, <laughs> ever. Some, some guys are probably thinking maybe I can be a donor. <laughs> no, no, don't grow your own pair. Please don't. <laughs> not, not that pair anyway. No. <laughs> get your other pair back by using EC. Get rid of that estrogen dominance, stubborn body fat. Start feeling good. <laughs> oh man, that's just just created a very bad picture in my mind. I can't unthink that. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, the Hangover Three at the very end. Oh yeah, it's just like yeah, I can't unsee that, man. <laughs> in fact, I can guarantee if you make Hangover Four, Five, Six, I will never see those because I can't forget what I just saw that time. <laughs> so too far, man, too far. <laughs> so yeah, so use that coupon code on both our websites. Ten percent off all our products over there. NewWarriorTraining.com, MikeMaller.com, and also want to give a shout out to our VIPs who who continue to support the show each and every month via Patreon. You know we have supporters like Ryan Debates, also Nurse Freya over in the land down under, Rob, Fabio, uh, Vieira. Like um, we just mentioned Fabio last week, as a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> Fabio's the man. Okay. Also Daniel Hayes, Harry Brown. Uh, Matt Kilmeyer, uh, Marcella Kinsella. Well, that was easy to say. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and Mitzak, and also to Thomas McIlwin. And these are the folks who support us. Just a few of the folks. Right now, we're at about 51 Patreon supporters. Looking to build that up <clears throat> again twice over. How about that? Twice over with that. And that's our goal before we hit our three-year anniversary. Just head over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast. Become a monthly supporter of the show. Go in that box where it says become a supporter and wipe out the one unless you're going to add a zero behind it or two or three or four. You know, you, you can put Powerball numbers on it as long as you got the money to back it up. <laughs> or you just start off simply with a $5 monthly donation to keep the show going and growing. We truly appreciate that. And also to our folks who continue to share all these episodes on social media. Thanks, folks, for doing that. Retweeting, liking it, going beyond just the likes. I've seen a lot more retweets, 
You know, yeah. cause one thing about a like, most people won't see it. But when you tweet it though, hey man, then you, you reach a lot more people and you let a lot more people know about the show that you guys love. So we appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, Twitter is really effective at building the show and also getting high quality guests. Just yeah. about every high profile guest that we have managed to get on the show was from a Twitter, started with Twitter and Twitter yeah. outreach. But what's cool about Twitter also is you can hit someone up on Twitter and say, hey, we'd love to have you come on the show. And then our listeners see that and they support it. They yep. go, oh, man, you need to go on. So not only do they see our reach, they see all of our supporters chiming in. Right. And that helps. That, that brings a lot of volume to us. Anytime you see us reaching out to someone on Twitter and you're like, oh, man, that would be cool, make mm-hmm. sure to vocalize that. Don't just keep that to yourself. Retweet exactly. it. Jump in there. Chime in because that definitely helps. Yep. Appreciate that. So, yeah, man, let's get some of these topics. We've got quite a few. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I hope we can get them stuff. all in there. We'll talk about some training stuff first because I know people always enjoy that, especially this time of year, trying to hit those goals. Okay, one thing is a lot of us like to use caffeine to get a nice pre-workout boost and just in general, drinking your coffee or using sincere Triador. Now, one thing you can do to offset this, the, the overstimulation you may get from caffeine is to take theanine with each dose. So, for example, you could have a strong cup of coffee with 200 to 500 milligrams of theanine. Not only will this help your adrenal system not get overexhausted from the caffeine, it will increase focus and concentration as well. So it actually has a synergistic effect. It's actually a pretty good, inexpensive nootropic combo. So again, that's mm-hmm. just caffeine, let's say a strong cup of coffee or 100, 200 milligrams of caffeine with about 200 to 500 milligrams of theanine. You can get that in powder or capsule form. Go to How places such it? as Phytocost. Theanine is just T-H-E-A-N-I-N-E. Now, yeah. if you want to be really efficient, you can just drink green tea, which has both caffeine yeah. and theanine already. So you can just, if you focus on just getting four or five cups of strong green tea in your routine, that has a lot of benefits too for estrogen metabolism, for mood, for metabolic rates, concentration, you name it. Perfect. Yeah, and that's like some of my like one of my favorite go tos as far as like a pre workout drink is actually green tea. And you yeah. know, I remember the first time I brought this, and I was like, really? I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, one thing about it, you're not overly stimulated. Like sometimes if you drink a couple cup cups of coffee, maybe an hour or two before you train or whatever, you yeah. kinda you're still kinda just like a little too hyped up. Right. You, know, you kinda blast away. And it's not so much it's like it just depends on who you are. Like for me, what it ends up doing is just I, I noticed that I'm a little overfocused. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? That's a good way to put it. You know, That's I'm exactly like, how I feel too. you know, so it's not like I'm shaking like a crackhead or anything like that. It's just like just really too, really putting way too much to the work where I'm not relaxing where I really should. You know, yeah, and you're, it, you're all amped up on the drive over. It, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you got this little bit of anxiety, you know, yeah, that's yeah, going on. Exactly. You know, for some people, they think, yeah, I'm hyped up. I'm ready to get it. But sometimes that can really work against you, especially when you're going for a, a nice big number. You know, you're about to go and, you know, work on a PR or something like that. It can really work against you. You may have been ready. You, you may, it may have been to the point where, oh, I've overtrained and, you know, I've been working out too hard and there's just, that's why I missed that number. It just might have been just something mentally going on and not the physical. You just like, you thought about it, you just amped up and then you just like, if I miss this, then, then what? Then what? You know, so you just become too analytical, man. You're too razor sharp at that point. And, you know, I've had that happen before where I had to just kind of take a step back and like, all right, let me just wait a second here, drink some water, go take a walk. You know, around our gym, just kind of calm down before I go back into that to kind of just get my mind back into a calm place. Because there's there's a such thing. There is such a thing as the calm before the storm, you know, and just really kind of getting your mental capacity together. And that's one of the things I really learned coming from kettlebell sport 
you know, just to really, you know, sit into the pocket, get your mind together, relax, and then boom, hit it, get it, like give yourself a pat on the back, like, all right, cool, got it. Or if you miss it, okay, now I can focus on why did that just happen? But a lot of times you all amped up on like caffeine, man. You're just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> you know, this is supposed to be my day. What the hell happened? <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And so you have this, this overly sense of urgency where you need to achieve something quickly yeah. before you burn out, right? So you're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do 50 reps, but I need to do it as fast as possible before I just burn out. You're not in this relaxed state where you're pacing it. Exactly. So I, I find the same thing. I've always found that two caps of aggressive strength, honestly, an hour before training is. Yeah. I got that from you. That, and that helps. Yeah. Because yeah. the Makuna gives you a nice dopamine boost. You have an increase in testosterone, which obviously is going to help. So two caps an hour before training. And a lot of my clients do that. And I get testosterone testimonials all the time from people saying they swear that's the best pre-workout boost they've ever had yeah i take like two caps and i have like a a tablespoon of coconut oil man yeah you know just like it's a nice little balance of energy right there yeah yeah yeah. so i mean you could have two caps of aggressive strength with a cup of green tea a cup of coffee depending on how well you handle stimulation Mm -hmm. i've done both and they both work really well I, have, I mean, the cup of coffee I have maybe has 80 milligrams of caffeine, right? So it's not yeah. excessive. And this is about an hour before training. So yeah. if I have that combo, I'm not going to go in hyped up. I only have that problem if I if I make the mistake of trying out a pre-workout drink, which I haven't done in a long time. Because those yeah. tend to be not only too much caffeine, but they usually have yohimbine and synephrine and several other stimulants. So now you're overboard. So you're, all, you're all amped up thinking <laughs> right. that you can lift the world. And then all of a sudden you're tired. 10 minutes into your workout. I mean, you crash hard. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just adrenal exhaustion and central nervous system exhaustion, which is the next point I wanted to bring up. A lot of times with training, it's not your body that's fatigued, it's your central nervous system. Your central nervous system will get overtrained before your body gets overtrained. I remember Christian Thibodeau and I had a discussion about this years ago when we taught a course together. And I've always found that to be true. So generally, when you're when your body's really fatigued, you've already been overtrained for a while. Your mind mm-hmm. was. You just tried to push through it because so many of us are workout addicts. We're like, I don't want to miss the workout. But if you go into a workout and weight that normally feels pretty easy feels heavy, that's not something you should suck up and push through. That's a bad right. sign that you're in a really <laughs> depleted state. Like If your warm-up weights start feeling heavy – it's not going to get easier from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so generally what you want to do is take a week off, which for a lot of people is really difficult. But that, why is it so difficult, man? If I'm, if I'm overtrained I'm not making progress, believe me, I'm going to take a week off because I want to start making progress again. I know that fighting through it is not going to help. So anyway, right. you take a week off. You get a massage. You get your sleep caught up. And then you can take things such as Power Drive, which is a really good nootropic blend, which is very inexpensive. I think 30 servings is under 20 bucks yeah, over at tnation.com. Yeah. It's way better than most of the leading nootropics you see out there, which are very expensive. And Power Drive is, is actually a powder in a drink so that it actually has good amounts of tyrosine and DMAE and acetylcholine, phosphatidylcholine. So it has these three nutrients that help with dopamine and acetylcholine levels, which are very important for your brain health. Acetylcholine basically improves your reaction time. So basically the, the, the time it takes for your brain to signal to your muscles to do an activity is facilitated. So when you have central nervous system fatigue, that is hampered, which is why you feel that, let's say you're trying to press a weight, and you feel like it's going in slow motion, even though you try to push it, even though you try to press it quickly, it's not going fast. When normally it did go fast, right. you know, that's a sign that your central nervous system is worn out. Something that feels should be light feels heavy. That's a sign. So take a week off. Take a serving, one serving of Power Drive or two servings, one serving twice a day or, or just one serving per day for a week, 
And you'll find that after a week off and a week of doing that, you'll feel restored, ready to go. And then just do a ramp-up week when you start resuming training. Don't, don't try to pick up where you left off. Right. Do maybe, let's say, 80% of what you were doing just for that first week and then ramp it up from there. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what we were saying in the last episode with the moving two steps forward and taking a step back. You know, right, how that right. actually works in your favor. And this is one of those situations where it works in your favor. One of the things about uh, Power Drive, man, I think is also cool, even for those who don't train hard or don't train at all, it can be very beneficial, especially with focus. Oh, yeah. Because my, my father-in-law, you know, he's in his late 60s, man. And I introduced him to that, you know, after speaking with you. And yeah. we talked about it. And, like, it helps his focus big time because he's kind of he's one of those guys that's kind of all over the place <laughs> you know because he's just constantly just doing this right. doing that doing that but nothing's really getting done for the most part you know and then he ends up forgetting things because his he's just working so his mind's just working a mile a minute and it, so this kind of really helps him kind of focus a lot more on that one task at hand and putting all that effort into that one thing and even even work for my brother-in-law as well he actually he swears by it out of all the supplements i've introduced him to that's the one that he continues like hey man you know um so yeah I'm, I, I need to get some more power drive I'm like you got the link. Why are you asking me? <laughs> like, like I'm the local power drive dealer or something. Like, like, that. I don't have to order it for you, buddy. It's not illegal. <laughs> you can go buy. It. Tell me, I send you so the it link. Makes you feel good. <laughs> so it may feel it may feel like it should be illegal, but it is <laughs> exactly. Actually, power drive with two caps of aggressive strength or a cup of coffee or all yeah. three together is a nice pre-workout boost, too. Yeah. So that's something to consider, and it's something where you could take it as a preemptive measure against central nervous system fatigue, where you just have a serving a day when you're doing, or on days you work out or on, even on days you don't work out when yeah. you're mentally tasked, tasked. And then that way you're, you're giving your brain what it needs to operate really well so you don't go into that depleted state so it yeah, can so, be a preventative measure as well especially for you folks who you know on sunday you're the ones that always posting all the memes about mondays you know and getting catching the mondays or whatever you know what just start your monday <laughs> off with that and then you won't be posting those silly memes anymore about, about having the mondays like what the hell people <laughs> it's just it's another day in the week but hey if it helped get you through it take some power drive yeah, <laughs> you can't underplay the importance mm-hmm. of brain health. It's yeah. something I used to lecture at all the time when I mm-hmm. gave courses. You just focus on balancing the four neurotransmitters, the four main neurotransmitters in the brain. It's a bunch of information mm-hmm. on my website on the topic. But basically, it's maximizing brain health for optimal physical performance. It's one of those topics that is downplayed. It's it's yeah. minimized that the importance of that it carries over to. So don't just focus on the recovering your body. Yeah. Focus on your mind as well, and you'll get way better physical performance. Yep. Okay, Perfect. next topic is on improving fat loss with your nutrition. So what happens is a lot of people try to reach a certain calorie and not calorie threshold and not go beyond it. So, for example, you may decide that, okay, 2,000 calories is what I need to lose some weight. And that'll work for a while. So you lose some pounds, you're getting leaner, and then all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt. And the reason why is that leptin has now become too efficient. So basically it is it is it is lowered it is lowered to a point where your metabolic rate is also going to be lower. Your overall expender body body expenditure is going to be lowered as well, so that you can go into survival mode. So what you want to do is ramp up leptin for a few days, which will give you a surge 
of metabolic currency where you start moving that ticker down again. You start losing some more body fat. So one way to do this, which is very simple, is on days you work out hard, you're going to find you're naturally more hungry. So go with it. Load up on more nutrition. The key word being nutrition. Don't <laughs> grab a bunch of Ben & Jerry's ice cream or go to some fast food <laughs> restaurants to get those extra calories. Get an extra 500 calories from good fruits and vegetables. Load up on antioxidants. So you're loading up on healthier food. And this is not something you're trying to force down. You should naturally be hungrier on days you train. So it's it's simple. And then on days you don't train, you're going to find that you're not as hungry. So eat less. So now yeah. you're naturally doing this zigzag approach, which is a phrase Dr. Fred Hatfield came mm -hmm. up with, where you're just constantly changing your caloric intake each day, which makes sense, right? Because you have different activity yeah. levels each day. Exactly. <clears throat> and as, uh, we were talking about this right before we started recording. You know, I... I did the same thing. Like just say yesterday, I pretty much had like one meal and I had it like late, pr pretty much like mid evening is when I had it because um, it was one of those days that I wasn't as active. If anything, you know, we went bowling last night. That's about all the activity I had that day. It was a very chill, relaxed day because I needed a mental break. But it's just funny because, you know, you and I were talking about how, you know, it takes a little work to finally learn how to be in tune with your body. It's just it wasn't one of those things where I try to starve myself or I just like, oh, I'm so busy. I end up missing a meal or whatever. It's just like physically, you know, I, I could tell like, OK, I'm not that hungry. That also plays a part in the fact that the night before I had a great meal. I had a great meal, you know, nice and hearty and dense, and it carried over throughout the next day. And right. that's another thing. Instead of just eating a bunch of crap that ends up going, you know, the feeling of that goes away about an hour or two, and you're starving again. So it was very nutrient-dense that night before. So, therefore, I went throughout the day pretty much just chilling and then had a meal last night. And, you know, and whereas today, and especially, you know, we bowl a while, you know, it may not seem like that physical for most people, but the thing is, if you go most of that day where you've kind of, I hate to even say the word, you fasted, because it's not like something I did on purpose, like I'm going to fast today. It was just one of those things I felt my body like, eh, I don't necessarily need to eat anything, because I pretty much, I had a couple cups of coffee, but I had plenty of water throughout the day. If anything, I I, I really wanted to hydrate. I really right. wanted to focus on hydrating yesterday, and it was just a subconscious thing where I just wanted water. I just wanted water all day long. So, anyway... Whereas now, now today I kind of woke up. I was like, I'm starving. Okay, I'm hungry. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, my, I can actually feel like, you know, it's funny because when you do something different than what you normally do as far as some type of physical activity, because I haven't bowled in probably like over a year. You know, yeah. whereas I can kind of feel like in the, I was like, oh, is that a shin splint coming from bowling? What the hell is that? <laughs> you know, and and kind of feel like I can feel the traps and feel my arms a little bit right there. Which to me, that's a welcome feeling. Like it's it's always good to do some physical activity that challenges your body in a different way, and you. At least you know, like, okay, I'm not immune to everything here. No doubt and, about it. And so that was it was excellent waking up feeling like that. I was like, oh, that's that's freaking cool. But again, like I said, my appetite was ramped up. Whereas today, like I said, I'm, you know, first thing I had when I got up, man, I had um, Bombay potatoes with jasmine rice. So like I was telling you, I said pretty much I am the carbohydrate antichrist to a lot of people out there, <laughs> man. Now, but the thing about it, I'm not. I'm not carrying excess fat in my stomach. I'm not sitting there and getting bloated and looking like I'm about to have a yeast baby or something like that, like I tell people. You know, but it's really working that way for me, especially with the way that I yeah, eat now. High carbs are only a problem if you have excessive fat with it, right? Yeah, so exactly. If you have a lot of brown rice and some sweet potato and then you douse it with, with butter and coconut oil. And stuff <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's 
the, the fat basically blocks the efficiency of the absorption. Exactly. Because insulin can process those carbs very efficiently, but then the fat dulls it. And then that's why you get that bloated feeling yeah. and lethargy and all that. Oh, yeah. But if you have just good carbohydrates seasoned with spices and things like that, you'll feel great. I actually mm-hmm. increased my carbohydrate intake last week just because I was run down. So I ate a lot more fruits and vegetables yeah. and brown rice and things like that. And I was expecting to have an increase in body weight. And all of a sudden, I lost a few yeah. pounds. I go, how does that happen? I'm eating more than ever. Well, that, that efficiency you were speaking of, you know, that your body being able to just break it down and the insulin being efficient and just the, in the digestive tract being able to break it down. It's not being hindered, like you said, by fat. And it's going to take a lot, which take, makes it take a lot longer to have to break the food down. Sometimes it ends up leaving food behind, you know, leaving all the remnants of that food behind or whatever. And it's getting stored as fat. And one of the things about having like with fat and carbs, man, it's just, it's just one of those food combinations I learned early on that just don't necessarily work well together. And especially when, and one of the things, one of those symptoms we just, (laughs) that you just left out also besides, you know, feeling, you know, lethargic is also, it makes you gassy as hell and a lot of times you wonder why you can sit there and just like drop a fart on command after eating food <laughs> like that you know because like i said your your body your digestive system is having a hard time breaking down that fat and those carbohydrates at the same time now, if you throw in a high protein meal with that so if you had a lot of let's just say meat or whatever with that it's your, your stomach count your digestive system is like dude are you serious right now what do you want from me and then god forbid you know you're trying to eat again three hours later like can i finish up the job from the last meal please so yeah. you kind of wonder like why you're always gassing that's why a lot of times when you go to something like the arnold classic you know <laughs> you wonder why those bathrooms smell the way they do man yeah, there's like too a much excessive protein intake going there like two grams <laughs> per pound come on yeah you're like way overboard <laughs> when you're farting on command you're doing something wrong <laughs> there's one message you take from this episode is that one, right? You're on command, folks. Whatever you're doing that you think you're doing right, is it? All right. You're why you don't have any friends anymore. You know why you've been single for ten years. Here's here's why. Man. People can only put up with so much. But I mean, it's not to say that you can't have protein, fat, and carbs at the same time. Yeah. You should have all three as a balanced meal. Mm-hmm. But what, what I tell people who are trying to lose weight or improve their physique composition is instead of loading up on a lot of oils. Focus on whole food fat sources because you're less likely to overdo it. So in other words, have Mm -hmm. an avocado with salad instead of putting three tablespoons of olive oil on it. Well, Mm -hmm. there isn't anything wrong with good oil such as olive oil, coconut oil, flaxseed oil, etc. But the problem is is that it's easy to overdo them and then it's also easy to excessively add fat to a carbohydrate meal and then have the issues that Sincere just mentioned. Yeah. I think I'm have to come out with that T-shirt, man. Sincere is the, <laughs> the carb antichrist. <laughs> and they're on the back. If you're farting on command, <laughs> so you are the problem. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I remember we taught a course one time where uh, Paulette bought a bunch of pizzas for everybody, like during yeah. the lunch break. And I'm standing in the back while you're teaching, and then this one guy went over to the corner and tried to be very discreet. He's just, he's just like ripping for like a couple minutes, right? <laughs> And I was like, not going to help, buddy. I see you. (laughs) You don't want to miss out on what you're saying, so he didn't leave the room. He's off in a corner, just standing there. (laughs) If you're lifting up on one side, dude, over in a corner, you're so obvious. We know what you're doing. (laughs) So much for that vow of silence you took. (laughs) Oh, man. Also, don't look at 
increasing calories as an excuse to do cheat meals. I really hate that. Yeah, thing. let's talk. Yeah, like flexible dieting. Yeah. That is a term right now where it just makes well, me. The, the whole cheat meal thing is just dumb for a lot of reasons, right? Because yeah. one, it, it makes people feel that what they're eating on a day to day basis sucks. So you have to fixate on the weekend when you can finally enjoy food again. You can make healthy food taste really good. And once you get used to healthy food, you're going to prefer it. It's not going to be something where you feel like you're depriving yourself for the rest of your life. Like I, I rarely crave any kind of junk food. I, if, I, if I want it, I have it, coconut ice cream, things like that. Right. I just don't have it very often. And it's also an indicator for me. It's great willpower yeah. because I don't – I don't care to have it for often. It lets me know that something's lacking in my diet when I'm craving that kind of stuff. You know, right. when I'm sitting there like, man, I just really want some ice cream right now. It, <laughs> it makes me really start evaluating, okay, what have you been eating for the last few days? What's really going on with you? Instead of me running out and grabbing ice cream first. You know, just, like I said, that's a strong indicator for me. And, you know, one thing I've, I've said, I've gone on record said this in episodes before. I don't even like that term cheat meal because it makes you feel like you're doing something. First of all, it already makes you sound like you're doing something dirty. You know, it's always seems like you're, you're getting away with something, like you're doing something that's not legal or, you know, it's a crime or something like that. I always tell people, like, when I hear these trainers say, you know, you just eat healthy for, you know, throughout the week. And then on Saturday, you have your cheat meal. I said, now, I said, now, how would you feel? If your mate had the same attitude as far as your sex life, you know, like, hey, just sleep, you know, just stay with your wife and just deal with her throughout the week. And then on Saturday, you can have your cheat woman, <laughs> you know, you have your, you have your little side chick cheat meal on the side right there. Like, how would sounds you? Great. Sounds great. And then Mike's like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm just trying to understand, like, where are you going with this? Like, what's wrong with this whole theory? No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually a, it's actually a really interesting correlation. Because you start thinking about really that, like, metaphor. it's moderation, right? To my, if I, you know, if I sleep around, you know, every now and then, at least once a week, you know, just one time, not all day long, just for about an hour on a Saturday, you know, then it should be okay, right? It's moderation. It's it's just a, it's cheat sex, you know. But it's, well, it's keeping well, but it's keeping us healthy. It's, it's good for my mentality to keep me healthy. That's because that's the same thing you're telling a lot of clients. You say, well, you know, you you don't want to deprive yourself. What of stuff that's not working for well, me? You, you, I want to be deprived wanna, of that. You want to you don't want to <laughs> deprive yourself of artificial garbage food that, right. that was never meant to be in your body at all. Exactly. Like somehow that's depriving yourself. Well, but, you know what? And then like, you hear this something something that is manufactured that is not even that your body doesn't even, even recognize as real food. Why is that something that you even need in your routine at all? And why do you feel deprived not having it? And, and also, I also what I don't like about this this whole cheat meal stuff is that it gives people the wrong messages, right? Yeah. Let's say you have exactly. someone who's been overweight for a long time, <laughs> and if this person has one cookie, she's going to eat the whole bag. Or if this is a guy who has one slice of pizza, he's going to go for the whole thing. And then you're going to tell that person, like, <laughs> look, you don't have to cut that out. Just have it in moderation. Do they fucking mm-hmm. look like they ha- they can have it in moderation? Exactly. That's the thing about it. Like, I'm somebody, no, they can't somebody, have it at all. Somebody, says the guy who lives off of freaking protein shakes over here. You know, yeah. so, you know, like you wouldn't understand. So you got to really, you got that thing. one tool as a trainer, you got to remember as a coach is empathy. You know, you got to understand your way is not the only way. And a lot of times some folks, some of these quote unquote trainers have been in that situation and they've had their issues with food, but now they've forgotten where they came from. Because they made that change. And now they feel like, well, I did it. You can do it, too. It should be that hard. Well, dude, it's like, again, everyone is an individual and everybody's going through their own stuff. So you have to, instead of, you know, trying to raise up to your expectations, just as with anything with training, you have to lower yourself down to your experience. Okay. And that person's experience. So you got to drop it down to where they are and meet them where they are right now and not expect them to hop up there where you are right now because you aren't always there. 
nine times out of ten. Well, I mean, it's like this, right? <laughs> I, I can walk through a casino and not have to gamble. Now, right. someone, someone who's a, a gambling addict, addict can't do that. So it would be easy for or me any to say, addict. Yeah, it would be easy for me to say, "Well, what's your problem, man? I mean, why why can't you come in here?" But the reality is, is that's someone who should never go ever. You don't tell someone who's a gambling addict, "Oh, yeah, just go every once in a while. Just don't go every day like you used to. Just go once a week." Well, once a week is going to turn into twice a week, three times. And now you're right back to where you started. Exactly. Someone like that cannot go in there ever. Someone who's an alcoholic, you probably shouldn't go to a bar ever. Exactly. <laughs> you you know? don't go every once in a while. No, you don't go, period. You don't go, you don't hang out with people who drink. It's just one. Well, I'll just have one beer. No, you have no beer. Okay, because it's. So it's it, the same thing with food, right? Like, yeah. so, some, so someone who, if has they, if they have one cookie, they're going to want 20 more. Well, guess what? You can't even have the one anymore. <laughs> period. Now, yeah. maybe after a long time of eating clean and so forth, you're more in tune with your body, where now it's not such a big deal. But that's a long way down the pipeline. <laughs> you know, that's right. not something you think about week one, week two. And the last thing you want to do is make healthy food so boring and bland, like we see in most diets, right? Yeah. Where it's 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 chicken and chicken broccoli, broccoli and brown rice. Well, of course, <laughs> this person's going to be miserable and looking forward to a cheat meal. Why don't Why don't you make healthy food actually taste good, which is possible? using good spices and things like that yeah. in a variety. And it's going to get to the point where they're like, I'm not missing out on anything. I don't exactly. Need I mean, just like people like, well, man, I love my ice cream. Like, you know what? You were throwing some frozen bananas inside a Vitamix, you know, and, and put some cacao in it. Like, you got fun, you got chunky monkey ice cream right there, buddy. Throw a little peanut butter in it. There you go. Like, and, do you love your Do you love your Hooters too? <laughs> because, <laughs> because because dairy has so much estrogenic chemicals in it. It's like, have fun. It's like, go ahead and eat your ice cream, and you can play with your boobs afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> now milk yourself next time, buddy. <laughs> just, just go ahead and, and watch a lifetime marathon with ice cream and your Hooters. Dude. Have fun with that. <laughs> uh, another picture You're I can't unsee my mind. <laughs> can't unsee that picture in my mind either. Thanks a lot, Mike. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's it would be like telling someone who is trying to get on a healthy lifestyle that. Okay, Monday through Friday you eat clean and train, and then on Friday go ahead and get blasted. You know, go ahead and so, drink to yeah. excess. And be it's okay because Monday you start all over again. It's always funny. I was telling you, really don't think that's going to derail someone's training. Like like Charles Poliquin said, yeah. you get you get wasted like that. Your testosterone's down for I think he said up to a week. Yeah, I think you so. <laughs> so you're playing, so again that whole two steps forward and one step back is not working in your favor this in this case because guess what? What you just because you do that, don't think that Monday. You can eradicate that that getting blasted on Friday ever happened. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of like it's like a hard drive, man. No matter how much you delete something, whatever else, it's always leaving bits and pieces of that file behind. That's why you have to defrag your hard drive because otherwise, eventually, it starts slowing everything down. And you think like, well, I've deleted everything. Why is my computer running so slow? Well, over time, man, you just keep leaving bits and pieces of all this, all these tons of files that you just dumped onto your computer, and that you then you try to get rid of it, and it's just leaving those pieces behind, and it all builds up. It's like dust. And right. so eventually, you know, you got to get it defragged or eventually you're probably going to have to just change the hard drive out. But the problem is you can't change it. You can't just go out and just like, OK, I'm going to go and just take my body out and go get a new body. <laughs> you know, you can work on it, whatever. You just got to, def- you know, you got to defragment it or whatever. So the best way to do this is just not get hammered every freaking Friday, <laughs> you know, or sometimes it, it goes beyond one day. It's just like, well. It's well, I mean, Saturday. The real question is why? Why, why are you getting are you hammered? Feel, why do you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> why do you feel the need to get hammered at all? And also, 
Why why are you putting an over amount of focus on the pleasure of food? You know what what or else a, what in your alcohol. life needs to be addressed? Because <laughs> right. a lot of people they they don't want to change their diet because their life sucks so bad that they're like, hey, look, man, this is the one pleasure I have in my day. So the last <laughs> thing I'm going to do is get rid of this. It's like, you well, know. that's the problem right there. <laughs> okay. Because if yeah. you had food you didn't enjoy, you'd probably you'd probably be better off because now you would focus on <laughs> changing other aspects of your life rather than using that as a coping mechanism. Well, here's the and one we see phrase. With people who work out too, like, oh man, if it wasn't for my workouts, I wouldn't be able to keep this crappy job I have. It's like, well, maybe you should stop working out for <laughs> well, a while. Maybe, maybe you need to start yeah. working at you, maybe you need to change jobs and work at a gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. You have to go to the gym so much, you might as well get a job. <laughs> but one of the things that also right now I'm pretty sure there's some trainers listening they're saying this well and this one phrase that drives me crazy oh man but come on man you gotta live a little you know by doing all these things you know these cheat meals and all this they call that living a little or it's always someone outside the industry who is not taking care of themselves is not the epitome of health looking at you like oh man just come on mike just have some cake man just live a little <laughs> oh, so, you know, me eating, like you said, something that's full of all these chemicals or whatever, that's actually living? You know, yeah. it's kind of, I mean, come on, and man. Again, it's like, again, it's manufactured fake food. We're not finding cake off of a tree. You know, we're, we're not finding all I'm not growing garbage. cake in my backyard, you know. Yeah. And, and, frank, and frankly, for me, dessert really is fruit because I'm, <laughs> I'm not a sugar addict so that yeah. I'm not desensitized to yeah. naturally sweet foods. So I eat something like a bowl of blackberries, blueberries, raspberries mixed up. That tastes like dessert to me. While someone else who is a total sugar addict, that's going to taste like chalk because they need <laughs> right. to have they need to have this powerful sugar experience. To get well, it's not even a sugar experience anymore because it's not even just a, like a simple sugar anymore. It's like all these different manufactured sugars, and then of course you throw in like the you know high fructose corn syrup and all these other different sugars and cane syrup and all these different. You ever just look at some ingredients where it had like syrup on it like four or five times in different variations? I'm like. How about just use sugar? Okay, just regular, just sugar. Why do they have five or six different syrups? And then they, okay, so then like sugar's the ingredient. Potato, you get sweet potato at a restaurant, they put syrup on it. Like, yeah. Why do you have to put Honey, syrup yeah. on a sweet potato? It's already sweet, hence the name, sweet potato. Okay. No, but, it, but it, you know you got to put a little honey on it. Come on, man. <laughs> but See, Mike, the problem is, see, you want a sweet potato, but you need a sweeter potato. <laughs> So yeah, so my thing is, you know, people get put a, maple, people put maple syrup on their bacon. I think that kind of yeah, thing, yeah, that's like how addicted people are to sugar. Like, well, that's sugar and salt, and you know, you, you're yeah, getting you all put the, sugar on your meats now. <laughs> you know, you're getting it's not yeah, just to have it for dessert. You got chocolate covered bacon. Yeah. yeah, so you know, you're getting all the bit. Well, you know, you're getting just that fat craving that takes care of that salt craving, that takes care of the sugar craving. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so what if you actually had all those three things in just regular food? You know, where you didn't have to add all that to it. So, again, it, it becomes just like a, a pleasure, this, this pleasure stimulus. That's all it is at that point. It's no longer about nutrition. It's just all about this, uh, addressing this pleasure that, that your brain is seeking out. And that becomes that connection, that relationship with food where you, you're having a relationship with food. You know, I love my so-and-so. Hey, man, you can't take away my bacon. I love my bacon. Do you say that? Do you treat your mate the same way? You talk about them the same way? <laughs> you know, it's always, I always laugh about that. You know, you have some people who can't stand each other, but gosh, man, you're like, oh. Whenever, whenever I have someone <laughs> who came to me who wanted to be a, a possible client and they mm -hmm. said, look, I, I don't want to cut this out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I go, no, no, no. You're coming to me with, don't come to me and tell me what you're going to do. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. Otherwise, we're not going to work together. 
<laughs> that's the way mm-hmm. it's going to work is right. you obviously don't know what you're doing. Otherwise, you wouldn't be coming to me. If you had it all figured right. out or had the ability to figure it out, you wouldn't be willing to shell out a thousand bucks to work with me for three months. Exactly. When it's like me. me I'm not, it's not a negotiation where I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. You can you can get blasted on Friday. I'm like, Here's exactly <laughs> what you need to do to get the results, because otherwise you're going to make me look bad. It's me going to my surgeon is like, look, man, I'll do the surgery, but one thing you're not going to do is cut into me. So you need to find another way to get, you know, to get in there and take care of the procedure because, you know, I'm not doing any of that cutting stuff. You're not going to use anesthesia. You're not going to do any of that stuff, man. But, you know, but you still just get it. Help me get this. Take care of this and get it done. He'll probably get you like, you know what? <laughs> just, it's, like, it's like when I see parents <laughs> negotiating with their kids. Oh, Billy, if you be quiet, we'll get ice cream afterwards. OK, it's like, yeah, that was like, that's not quite as effective as my dad. Sit down. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Or my mom's just give you that evil look when you know what that look means. Like she's gonna kill me, isn't she? Yeah, she's gonna. Why, kill why me. are you negotiating with your kids? Yeah, you know, yeah. It is not that modern parenting thing is always it always cracks me up. Like I'm gonna put you in timeout. Okay, <laughs> that's gonna be very effective, especially when they're like, well. All I have to do is go over here and stand over here and look silly for about five or ten minutes, and then I can go back to doing what I was doing. You know, it's not like it's—I mean, it's not strong enough. You know, it's—it's it's not. It's almost like you kind of just—you know what? I don't feel like dealing with you. Go stand over the corner. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> so, and that's how they look at it. Like, well, as long as I'm out of their way, that's all that matters, and then I can go back and do what I was doing. So, I, you know, I've never been a big fan of that whole timeout thing. I'm like, yeah, good good luck with that. To my, that's that's pretty much breeding. That, that's one of those discussions where we can definitely have to bring, you know, Kwame back on <laughs> to talk <Yeah>. about that. <laughs> Even as far as just modern parenting, man, you know, have that no, debate. No doubt. <laughs> I think uh, I think something else for people to focus on is this great Rumi quote we were talking about before mm-hmm. we started recording. And Rumi was a Sufi poet, very spiritual guy, very philosophical. Yeah. Very really interesting stuff. His his work is really what got me to to study Sufism a great deal in college. But anyway, he said, "Yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself." And that's something that people really need to take heed to because often we're so focused on outside of us. How can I change other people? How can I affect this? And those are all important things. But if you're not changing yourself first, if you're not the embodiment of what you're trying to – of what you're espousing, it's, it's not going to be taken seriously. Right. So I always tell people who are trying to – Get people aware of the benefits of a vegan diet or, or animal suffering and things like this, why they should gravitate towards this. I go, okay, those are all good things. But if you're not the embodiment of health, people are going to look at you and say, hey, I like what you're saying, but I don't want to feel like crap. You know, right. I don't want to look like crap. I don't want to feel weak and tired and lethargic all the time. So I'm just going to have to eat this way. But if you're the imp- epitome of energy and thriving and so forth – you don't really have to pitch people. They're going to be asking you, what are you doing? Right. Right. I mean, the energy is going to be there. And then, you know, that one thing about that kind of energy, it's going to attract people in their interest, you know, because and that's the difference between you know, looking all beat up and run down and and you're actually kind of pushing people away. That's why it's not as effective. And, and again, you know, we always hear this, especially, you know, when it comes to a plant based diet, it's just like, well, you know, well, these guys, you know, they're going to be weak and they're sissies and blah, 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 blah. And, but then, you know, somebody goes, well, these guys, Mike's doing okay. Since they're doing okay. Well, they're different. <laughs> and one thing, we're not going to say, like, you need to start eating this way. You need to be a vegan. You need to do this. You need to do that. You know, the thing is, the thing is, keep doing what you're doing and do it right. And you're going to get, people are going to pay attention. 
you know, one thing is just to sit there and preach, preach, preach. It's kind of like, it's like a fat doctor trying to tell me, you well, know, I need, always, I need to start a diet and exercise program. Like, and I look at his gut and I look at him like, really? And he's coughing with emph- like this emphysema cough. So you're smoking as well, but you're a doctor and you're going to tell me like, no, you need to take that advice yourself, buddy, or a financial advisor who's broke as hell. <laughs> you know, trying to tell me how to get my my finances together. You know, my thing is, I, the proof needs to be in the pudding, dude. And the best way, one thing about it, instead of just going out and volunteering advice and whatever, let people come and ask you. So that's another thing too. Yeah, so. put out great information. Put out put out a blog where you're just going through how to do things properly and giving mm. people recipe ideas and so forth. Right. You're giving them some good information without being preachy or judgmental, and they're yeah. going to respond to that. And also, it's great to be excited about stuff, but sometimes that excitement yeah. can can merge into being extremely annoying. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, it's like someone gets into something like, "Oh, I just started playing golf. You should play too." It's like, "Hey, man, I'm glad you're excited about it." But, <laughs> but if I want to do it, I'll do it on my own. I don't need you to get me all excited about exactly. it. I know, I know what I like to do at this stage of my life. I'll and, figure it out. And right now, that's not one of them. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but who knows? But trust me, if I ever, if I'm ever interested in golf, I'll come find you. Trust me. <laughs> also, with something like a vegan diet, don't be that person who's been on it for a week. I exactly. Tell everyone that you need to get on it. So like, look, man, do it for a couple years. Right. Then you know it works for you. You've been doing it for a week, a month, five months. That's that's a great start. You've been doing something for a couple years. Now you know it works for you because if it doesn't work, you're not going to thrive. After a couple years, you're going to start realizing, man, I feel like crap. This is a battle right. of attrition. I can't do this anymore. Right. You last a decade on stuff. You know, you're good to go. So the, the, like, the longer you last on something, the better. It's like I was saying that like with Steve Maxwell, he gets more marketable as he gets older because when I first met Steve, he was 46, 47, right? And people yeah. were really impressed like, wow, you know, you're in great shape. And then all of a sudden he's 57 and he's still in great shape. You know, now he's in his 60s and he's still in great shape. So yeah. it becomes more powerful the longer he does it. So now now all of a sudden Steve <laughs> is way more marketable than he was 20 years ago because right. it's it's more impressive the fact that he's in such good shape. As he gets older. But what people need to realize is that Steve has been the epitome of fitness since he was a young man. Exactly. He wasn't a guy who turned 50 and said, okay, I've been a fat fuck my entire life and I'm, I'm going to turn it around now. <laughs> you know? right. he's, he's a guy that's been fit since he was a teenager and he just maintained and built, built upon those benefits as he got older and modified things. He's very clever with how to modify mm-hmm. things to keep getting good results. Exactly. So, yeah, it hasn't been this one thing all his life. You know, and you brought that up on the show. You know, just all the things he's experimented with as far as like training and dieting and all this. So it's still an ongoing journey for him, even at this stage in his life. So it's not no one hit or quitter like, ah, this is this is my chosen diet. And I'm doing I'm eating this way. And this this is the only way, you know, even he's learned like, eh, even yeah, with training was, methods. Uh, he was a super low carb guy when I first mm-hmm. met him. I mean, no carbs at all. Like he would have yep. a big piece of steak for dinner and that's it. Maybe some some greens, some salad, or something like that. And then, I think for dessert he had Cool Whip. You know, so, I mean, he didn't, he didn't have, I've been there. It's my, I've been there. He didn't have any carbs at all in his diet. He was doing fine with that. And then, as he said on the show, after a while he started having joint pain, and he was yeah. tired, and he wasn't responding as well on the mat as he was used to. And he started balancing out a lot more. And now he's not he's not on a vegan diet, but he eats a lot of vegetarian food. Like whenever whenever I see Steve in Vegas, he always wants to go to a vegetarian restaurant. Yeah. And when I first met him, that was the last place he wanted to go to. <laughs> so, so he still eats meat, but I think meat is now more of a condiment, condiment diet yeah. as opposed to the main course. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh man, cool whip. Gosh. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've been there, man. <laughs> well, that was your cho- that was your dessert of choice. <laughs> In your mind thinking that was a healthier dessert option compared to just going out and getting ice cream or whatever else. Oh <laughs> uh, man, another saying I liked, I was watching the behind the scenes for the UFC coming up this weekend. It's gonna be Anthony Johnson versus Ryan Bader. And Anthony Johnson's trainer, one of the, I think it was it was his wrestling trainer, made a good mm-hmm. point. And he goes, it doesn't matter how good you are at something. If you don't work on it, you're going to lose it. And I think that's a good point. I think sometimes people feel that they've reached a certain level on something and they don't need to work on it anymore. And then instead of maintaining, they actually get worse. Like what we were talking about last week, the illusion of maintenance. If you're not actively getting better at something, you're getting worse. You're not just maintaining something. That's an illusion. And even though I've been doing kettlebell, double kettlebell overhead presses since 2002, now, that's when I first went to Pavel's course and I got double bells of each size. Yeah. I really started working on that move and responded well to it. Even at all these years later, I'm still tweaking technique. I'm still getting more efficient. I'm still finding a better better pathway and staying in the pocket. And that's over a decade working on one simple move, which to the untrained is all you're doing is taking a weight and pushing it from below the chin to overhead. Right. It should be simple, right? But there's more to it than that. Same thing with deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been working on deadlifts for a long time, and I'm still tweaking things. Now, if I weren't, I wouldn't be getting any better. And to me, that's getting worse. If you're just doing the same thing over and over again, that's not maintaining. You're getting worse. Yeah. <clears throat> like I said, we said last week, you either, like I said, you either getting better or it's gonna suck. You know, there's just no flat line when it comes to that, man. And my thing is, if it's gotten to the point where you've done everything you can with that one thing, you need to move on to something else. Because now you're officially tired of it. You're bored with it. And it's going to be those diminishing returns we spoke of last week. It's not going to get any better at that point. One thing's going to happen. Either physically things are going to go wrong or mentally things are going to go wrong. You're going to try to check out because you're so used to doing it. And you keep getting the same little result. At least you think it's the same one. And you're going to mentally check out. And then something bad is going to happen. You're going to check out at the wrong time. And you're going to get hurt. And then, well, guess what? Now you can start from scratch because you got injured. <laughs> you know, got to kind of take a big step back with that now. Uh, it kind of, kind of <laughs> reminds me of people who say, oh, man, I weighed the same now in my 50s as I did when I was in high school. But the difference is, is that they have more body fat. Yeah, I was about to say, also, but I'm like, what does that body fat look like, though? That's also, <laughs> also, high school? High school? Oh, really? I was a kid in high school. I'm a grown man now. I'm way bigger and stronger than I was in fucking high school. I weighed like 160 pounds. That's what I, I got to do. I got to pull my Allen Iverson. High school. We're talking about high school. I, I, I'd be embarrassed if I fit in any of my clothes from high school. I'm a much bigger, stronger, guy, much bigger, stronger, healthier guy now in my 40s than I was like, when I was, I was 18. I was, like one, I was like 155 back then. <laughs> like, jeez. To my now, I look sick. You'd be like, what's wrong with you? And well, this is my high school weight. <laughs> it's like my friend Paul powerlifted. This guy was... I forgot what he bench pressed, but anyway, he did, and he got off, and he's like, yup, can still do what I did when I was in high school. And then Paul's like, that's pathetic, man. You're a grown man now. You should be able to do way more. (laughs) And and he's right, man. Unless you were bench pressing 500 pounds in high school. Exactly. (laughs) Using that as the barometer of what you want to get back to, come on. You should be working on way better than that, Way, way more improvement than that. Oh <laughs> like, man, I made five bucks an hour working minimum wage when I was in high school. Exactly, like, I don't want that same salary. <laughs> let's, let's try to get back to that point. You know? <laughs> I was making that salary as a DJ at a radio station that time, but now that means I'm working fries at McDonald's. Now, <laughs> like, have I really evolved over time? <laughs> yeah, we see, we see this with 
with, with a lot of bands too, right? Where they sometimes they feel like they have to be derivative because mm-hmm. they'll lose their core audience. So right. they, they develop a sound and then they make four records that sound the same. And they keep that core audience, but the core audience is 50 people. (laughs) (laughs) So they have their hardcore following, but they're playing in someone's garage in a neighborhood instead of actually at a real venue. And then there's other bands are like, okay, here's our talent level. So the first record, this is what we sound like. And then they get better as musicians. They get tighter and they start reaching for something better over the course of their career. And they evolve basically. And then as they evolve, they develop a much bigger audience. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's people that evolve in the wrong way. They're 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 trying to chase a mainstream audience yeah. and they basically sell out. Yeah, and then and then they lose their hardcore following and then they lose the mainstream audience because they weren't they, they weren't loyal in the first place. You yeah, know? they're fickle. They're, whatever's on the charts is what they're listening to. Right. Whatever's on the radio is what they're listening to. They're not going out there and buying your C D and your T shirts and going to the live concert. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're the ones like when you're at the you're at the show, you've been with you know, you've checked out this band for years and then here the like the new little audience or whatever. The all they can remember is everything off the last album. <laughs> like so and so's my favorite song. Oh, what do you, what about so and so? What's that? <laughs> that was from their first album. This is their first album. <laughs> you start having that argument, like, okay. <laughs> you just got here, right? Okay. So yes, coming from that industry. It's so much of that. It makes me want to just back in it made me want to crack my skull open. Like like in hip hop, you would hear a certain artist. Let's say they'll sample a song from a classic. And soon as let's just say that a new generation hears the original. They're like, oh, man, he stole that beat from Jay-Z. That's that's James Brown. He didn't steal anything from anybody. Okay, (laughs) like like, oh, oh, he's using that Jay-Z beat. I'm like, are you serious right now? So that's a perfect time for a little education right there. <laughs> you know, help them out. Like, you know, this is where they got that from. Oh, and who knows? You might open them up to a whole new realm of music. And it makes them question everything else. Like, oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things we should definitely, next time we get um, a musician on, we talk about, man, <laughs> how the kids now just think that everything is theirs and is new, whether it's yeah, dances we, or the music. We, we have a musician coming on next week. We've got yeah. Adam from H2O. He's oh, a yeah. bassist, so that's going to be cool. He's been, they're a very mm-hmm. influential hardcore band out of mm-hmm. New York, infused with punk, so they're very melodic. So that'll, that'll be a cool discussion. He's also mm-hmm. really into fitness and training, plant-based diet, so we'll, we'll have a good conversation with him. Cool. But there were there were some good albums that came out in 2015 for aggressive heavy music, and these were albums where people stuck to their core principles, but they they went in little different directions too. So it wasn't just derivative, like the the new Five Finger Death. Punk yeah, album, was, that was gonna be my first. Was that was gonna be my first. The new Seven Dust album, I thought yeah, was great. Really good. Um, Lamb of God was really good. There's a couple of hardcore bands, Blind Justice, Re- Re- Relentless, and Terror were really good. Slayer's new album I thought was really good, Repentless. Slayer, you always know what you're going to get, but I didn't feel like it was overly derivative either. I thought it was some, some fresh stuff there. Yeah. And then Megadeth came out with a new album just maybe last week, which I thought mm-hmm. was really good too. So these are all bands that have been – most of these are bands that have been around for a long time. Yeah. But they're keeping it interesting for themselves, and I think that's the most important takeaway message is whether you're in a band or you're running your own business or you're working mm-hmm. out – what can you do to keep it interesting to you? Because if it's not interesting to you, it's not going to be interesting to anyone else either. Oh yeah, yeah and trust me, it will be ho- it'll be hard to hide it when you're no longer. <laughs> yeah. interested. People will know when you're no longer. It's like, and I always say the same thing. Like, look, man, if you don't give a damn, why should I? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what it comes right down to. <laughs> so, you know, why, you know, if you don't think it's relevant anymore, I don't, well, I shouldn't either. So why should I pay you for it when you don't care about it anymore? And, it, and so, it's natural to want to explore different things, yeah. right? try new things out. So why, why fight that? You know, I, I spent over a decade as a kettlebell focused instructor where I'm traveling the world in the U.S. teaching courses and making videos and writing articles and doing ebooks. And that was all great and fine at the time. But I don't want to do another 10 years of that. Right. You know, so fortunately, I got into hormone optimization and nutrition, and that led to designing nutrition supplements, which is my main focus now, doing that for a couple of years. And, and I love it. It's fun. It's exciting. It's interesting for me to design stuff and people try it and they love it. and They're getting great results. That's very satisfying to me. Now, if it gets to a point where this is no longer satisfying, then I evolve into something else. So I'm yeah. constantly exploring new interests. Yeah, exactly. Somebody, we were just talking about how I remove like you know the kettlebell certifications and and um, the kettlebell classes off my website. <laughs> just like how it was like just a relief, like ah. Because I'm moving in a different direction, and it's just one of those things that it was kind of like an anchor. You know, it, it was nice and safe to keep those things on there, and you know, continue to like, okay, well, you know, I'm, it's, it's familiar, and I've done that for damn near ten years, probably more, and you know, it, it was safe. But I don't like safe. Safe bores the crap out of me. Right, so, and I right. took that off, and it's just like, oh, it was just like just one more layer of my personality and my being or my past or whatever of my history that is a page that got turned you know just one more right. page i turned and because you can't move on to another chapter if you're still reading the same pages over and over again man well also i mean <laughs> if you're not doing those things anymore yeah exactly that's a hint right there you don't want to have them on your website because people are going to still ask you questions and they are they, they assume <laughs> that you're doing it exactly but if it's gone they, they start getting the message exactly like, I don't take online clients anymore, but you still have a page up on your website where people can sign up. Well, why is that page still there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you're afraid to let go. You're thinking, well, I don't want to get rid of that because you know I may need that income at some point. I may need to ramp up a few of these. It's like, no, no. no that's, yeah. Scarcity mindset is never how you want to think. Let me tell you, it. you're not going to be as successful in the new venture you're going into when you do things like that because you can't put all the energy into that when you constantly have people ask you about exactly the old right. stuff. You're that's like, exactly hey, man, right. you're doing this. And right now, to have to answer that email or you know reply to that 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 voicemail you know and just even tell someone i don't do that anymore you just lost about 15 seconds right now just saying that that you could have been putting toward whatever you're doing next and yeah 15 seconds doesn't sound like much but when you you're constantly answering that three or four times a day you know that that becomes a minute then it becomes two minutes three minutes and now you've lost more time because it's not just 15 seconds because once you do it it's in your mind as soon as you say it you know so because you kind of think like what are you Asking me about kettlebell, well, because you have it on your website, take it off, and then you, now you got to. <laughs> obvious, you don't do it anymore. If someone comes to my website now, they know, they know they don't, they know I don't teach those courses anymore because there's nowhere to be found on there. <laughs> exactly. Now there's always that one person that okay, this is always funny because it's the fence rider. You notice it's a fence rider. Hey man, I notice on your website you don't have like classes on there anymore. You don't, or you don't do online coaching anymore. Okay, that first of all, that's been that's been gone for a while now. <laughs> you know, so you've been trolling for a minute. You've been on the fence. See, this is what happens when you get on the fence as well. You miss that opportunity because guess what? It's gone. It's done. Not doing that anymore. You had your chance, which I probably dodged a bullet by not taking you on if you had taken the, the opportunity. Because obviously, you're not a go getter. You're not a good fit because you've been on the fence all this time, and now here you come two or three months after it's been removed off the site, asking me about uh, asking me about it. That means you saved and you were waiting. What were you waiting for? It was not that important, obviously. <laughs> you know, so you've been trolling. 
all this time. So that's another thing. We got to have a show about trolls of all kinds. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, if you have one foot in what you used to do, and then one foot where where, where you're trying to go, you're not going anywhere. You're in the same no, you know, both feet have to be going in the same direction. I mean, if I'm trying to run forward as fast as possible, I'm not trying to run backwards at the same time. <laughs> <You know? laughs> now that just created a great picture in my mind. I'm not trying to deadlift and then overhead press at the same time. <laughs> so, so otherwise, you're doing barbell snatches. <laughs> That's, that that kind of leads to a point where when you're in the gym training, you should be focused on that. You're not in between sets. You're not thinking, well, I need to hit the grocery store after this, and then i got to run some errands. Like, no, focus on your next set. That's all that matters at that moment. Exactly, man. Like, whatever that is, can't wait for, what, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, really, out of a 24-hour period in a day. So, yeah, man. So, yeah. Well, hey, that, this one thing that's one thing that's interesting that's going on is uh, – this, we can we can actually talk about an upcoming UFC because this episode will come out before exactly February for once. 6th. But I was gonna I, originally I was gonna say let's do predictions, but we don't even know who's gonna be fighting. Exactly. <laughs> I predicted there are gonna be some fights that night. Okay. <laughs> I mean, first it was Cain Velasquez versus Verdum, which I didn't really think that Cain deserved. Not because I don't like Cain. I like Cain. He's a great fighter. But I he, he got to... dominated, man. And I don't care if it was the altitude and all these things. You know what? The altitude was hard for Fabricio as well. It's not like it was just. That's hard why he was there way Cain. ahead of time. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> I think it was just hard on Kane, but everyone else had an easy time. Everybody had a hard time. People, everybody was puking after their fights that night. It's probably a bad idea to have the fight. There. <laughs> but that's another story. So anyway, this rematch is supposed to happen. Yeah. Kane's injured again. Back injury, this injury, that injury. He pulls out, and then Fabricio decides, well, you know, I had a bunch of injuries too, so I'm going to go ahead and pull out. <laughs> and now, now Stevie, who replaced Kane, has no one to fight. So the UFC mm-hmm. is stuck in a bad situation. But anyway, it's. It was it was it was one of those things where I, I felt like a lot of these rematches are premature. Where I, I, I get it if someone's been a dominant champion. Right. And then what happens when someone is a dominant champion like Jose Aldo, why right. isn't he getting an automatic rematch right. with Connor, right? He was a he was a dominant champion for ten years. And yeah, he got his clock cleaned in fourteen seconds. But the fact is he was a he was he was the only champion in that weight division, I believe. So give him. Yeah. He should definitely get an immediate rematch. Someone who's been who's held the belt for one or two fights, or even or one fight. Why are they getting an immediate rematch? Yeah. <laughs> Again, it just depends who that those people are and how they're good for the bottom line financially. <laughs> That's what it is. Because some of these fights, are like ah, I don't really want to see that. You know, but they're two big names. They're two big draws. Yeah, not if you don't want to see that other person anymore. You know, they're not a big draw anymore. That fight may have been a big draw because you know, just like like Connor and Jose. You know, yeah, I can see that. So why would you not want to make that? You know, the next one. Okay, so let's just see. If, let's see if your boy, if he's really that good, or was it a fluke? You know, why not? He's on 14 seconds. So let's, let's just see. So I don't know, man. Yeah, especially especially when it happens like that, especially when he loses like that, because he he basically he basically ran in. I'm gonna run into this yes. fist. Tell me, is that a fist? I think I should go kiss it. Remind, it reminds me of that episode of Different Strokes from years ago. Oh, the gooch. These two, no, these two guys are bullying uh, Arnold. Yeah. And then Willis decides to step in. Right, he's like, I'm gonna take care of this. And they're like, Hey, what happened to my brother? It's like, Oh, that's the guy who kept hitting his face against my fist. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what happened with uh, with the Connor Aldo fight. It was like Aldo ran right into a fit. Boom, he's out. <laughs> no man. So yeah, so just you know, it's kind of like one of those situations. It's almost like it was like Anderson. 
You know, it was just like, okay, let's just make sure this wasn't a fluke, okay? And so, okay, rematch. And then we realized, like, well, okay. the funny thing is, that was like two flukes. <laughs> two flukes again. And now it's to the point because where. I, he, gets, he breaks his leg <laughs> on the kick. You know, here's another fluke. I mean, the first one was like a self-imposed fluke. Like yeah, exactly. He was, he was clowning around like a fool and he got tagged. Yeah. And then the second time around, he was taking the fight seriously. It was so serious. He just, he just broke his leg against. <laughs> against Against white man's knee or whatever it was. Exactly. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. crazy. <laughs> and it's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard not to give Whiteman credit. I mean, he did win two times in a row. But it, it was like the circumstances were so bizarre. It, was, it just sucks because he had this asterisk by his name so for so long. But, like, but to be but to be fair, Anderson yeah. was losing that first round. Yeah. Right? In, the, in the in the rematch, it's not like Anderson was competitive. I mean, he almost got knocked out in the first round. Right. It, like his his ability to take a punch had been hampered big time <laughs> by the previous fight. Because Chris just tagged him and he was wild. There's going to always team. be these question marks. Because then you say, you know, someone can make the argument, well, you know, look what happened with him and Chael. You know, he, he was pretty much out of that one up until the last few seconds. So maybe that could have happened again. We'll never know. Because honestly, at this point, he, he can't be fighting Weidman or anyone for the belt at this point. I don't really think. Yeah, I know he's, he's got a fight coming up. Yeah, he's and, fighting Bisping soon. Yeah, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this a fight for a contract? <laughs> you know, <laughs> to keep a job? Yeah, 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 that's true. Because Bisping's another one, man. He just if he loses the Bisping, he's done. Yeah, Finish, man. Well, I'm thinking if Bisping loses, he's done too. Because here's a guy, man. You talk about another person <laughs> with bad luck. <laughs> it's like every fight that he finally, he, any fight that he gets a chance to fight, you know, it's pretty much like his job's probably is on the line. And then any other fight, he ends up getting injured. <laughs> okay, so it's just like. The fact that he's still here, man, it says a lot. No win situation because if he wins, he's not really going to get any credit. Like, oh, you beat you beat a has been big you, you beat an old man. If he <laughs> loses. He's gonna, he's oh, like, oh, you lost to an old man. <laughs> he's not losing to the greatest middleweight ever because Anderson's not in his prime now. He's yeah. losing to a guy who many consider a shell of himself. So like mm-hmm. either way, you know, he can't win that one. Right. <laughs> I mean, he can win in terms of he'll obviously keep his job if he wins. He's, he's not going to. It's get one of those situations where this, to my, yeah, this fight should have happened probably about ten years ago. <laughs> you know, it's like a little too late now for this was, fight to there, be. There was just never any reason for Bisping to be fighting him ten years ago because he hadn't earned the right. <laughs> well, true. To fight. It was a lot. It gives a lot of hype. It was so much hype. So, like against that Chael, against Chael, I, I mean, I bet on Chael, so I'm glad Chael won when Chael fought Bisping. But I actually thought Bisping won the fight. It was a decision. Yeah. Bisping did really well, actually, better than I thought he would. Yeah. So if if he technically won that fight, then he would have been fighting Anderson at that time. Yeah. This is a couple of years ago when Chael did the rematch and lost the second time around. Yeah. That that would have been interesting if they fought at that time. That that was maybe 2012. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, man. One thing about these these fights, it's just like some of these guys, you know, it just it again. We didn't, you know, really get a chance. I know we're kind of going over, you know, we're just, you know, really getting depth about the whole talent not being enough, you know, just kind of like, you know, just relying on the talent itself. Like so many of these fighters rely on being a fighter and not really setting up what's next, you know, just going with what's safe. And so they continue since that's their in their mind, they feel like that's their only option. They keep doing it, keep doing it, keep taking these knockouts and keep losing. And then they get a little momentum. They might have a two-win winning streak, a three-win winning streak, and then, boom, it happens again. They're back at the bottom of the rung. Now they're going to end up losing more time trying to make that title run. And the years are just passing them by while this is happening because it's not like they're fighting every month. You know, it's just rare that you get somebody like Cowboy who fought so much, you know, uh, last year or whatever. Most of these guys, you're lucky if you fight twice a year. 
especially guys who were in the, the top 10, yeah. you know, for that most part. You know, usually it's the guys who are at the bottom of the rung and they're trying to scratch their way up or whatever. These are the guys who are going to take every fight they can. But, oh, yeah. So, but everybody else who are the top 10 guys, you know, you might get one fight or two because you're usually fighting other top 10 guys. And one thing about being in that top 10, you know, then the, the, the stakes are even higher. The training is even higher. It's more oh, intense. Sure. And these are the guys who are getting injured the most. Or at oh, yeah. least these are the guys who are getting injured the most, just being most reported because that's who people feel re- or relevant enough to even let you know they're being injured. Some of these guys on the bottom might be getting injured a lot, but you don't hear about them because no one knows who they are. And that's what they're fighting for. So... They're going to do whatever it takes. They don't care if they are injured. They're trying to scratch and crawl and get their way up that in those ranks. So again, you got to really start thinking about, you know, what's, what's the end game here? What's beyond this? You got to go beyond this target of, okay, I want a title shot. And it, it sucks because so many don't want to hear this, but what if you don't get a title shot? Or what if you never win the title? You know, no, I'm going to win it. Okay. That's good to have that confidence. Yeah. This is one time, like you're not necessarily having a plan B. What you're doing is like, I'm not going to put all my money in the stock market, man. You know, just because I might buy gold here and get real estate here, that's not having a plan B. You know, what they're doing, what I'm doing here is really building up my portfolio. That's how yeah. you should be looking at it. You know, that's what I'm well, doing. Someone like Anthony Pettis is smart in terms of having a bunch of businesses, right? He owns a barber shop, he owns a restaurant. Yeah. He's taking his brand while it's hot yeah. and putting it into things where the iron, the iron is, he's, he's, He's kicking it while the iron's hot as opposed to his career is over and people barely remember who he is. And then he's trying to do all that stuff. Yeah, and they're, they're like, oh, you're not relevant anymore, you know, because people are fickle. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, very fickle. Yeah, very so. fickle. <laughs> like, no so basically, when, you're, yeah, when you have success in one arena, you want to see how can I parlay that into yep. success in other things. Yeah. To my milk it, man. Somebody, say what you want about Rhonda, milk that stuff, girl. Somebody, and use it and use it in the bigger stages of them all. Like, okay, I'm gonna go to WrestleMania where I'm gonna be in front of a hundred thousand people live, you know, right there in the stadium, even though I'm only in the ring, you know, in a wrestling ring for a few minutes, you know, with The Rock, who is one of the top paid actors in the world now, who really yeah. who also learned the game of how to parlay being hot at the moment into other things. So when you're finally done doing that one thing that you're known for, your ass is covered. You know, so he's he's probably doing a lot more and making a lot more now. Well, I mean, one thing that's interesting is I was, I was reading this article the other day talking about how the company that made Vega, I think they're called Sequel Natural, something like that, yeah. right? Anyway, I remember when this company first started because Brandon Brazier designed yeah. a bunch of the formulas. I don't know what his relationship with the company is, whether he's a founder or or, 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 any, or he just designed the products. That I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is that the company was bought out recently for $500 million. Good Lord. I was shocked when I saw that. I was like, $500 million? Damn. Because I had no idea. I they were big because they're in Whole Foods and you know, right. was talking about them all the time. But I had no idea that they could garner that kind of valuation, that kind of buyout. But it got me excited because I'm here I am building my little nutrition supplement company, and I have right. no desire to sell it right now. But there may come a point where I'm going, hey, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Let me sell this so I can get into other things. <laughs> and I'm building something now which is sellable as opposed to my previous business, just kettlebell training stuff. That's not sellable. No, no. You know what, what are you selling? You're selling some videos, you know? <laughs> right? It's like you can right. buy my company and sell my videos. It's like, no, nah, that's okay. We can do our own. It's like, oh, you can you can buy my name and have someone else teach my workshops. No, you're not. Mm. There really isn't anything to sell there. But here, I'm creating a very legit brand, a very good product line, and there may be options down the road if I so chose to take where I can sell it for a great price and then move on to something else, or I can just keep doing it because I like doing it. Right. So anyway, it's just, it's just cool to have those possibilities. Yeah, and and to see that it's out there, it's just like, huh. So, so 
you know, it gives you hope, <laughs> you know, as, you know, it makes you also when you're starting a business to really think about, you know, I'll, you know, rock, you know, our, our mutual friend Rocco Castellano, you know, really brought this up. Like when you're thinking about branding yourself, you need to make a decision. What is the brand going to be? Is it going to be your company or is it going to be you? Right, right. And what's your end game? So are you building a company that one day that maybe you could, you know, divest yourself from and you could sell it? You know, because the thing is, when you're when you're the brand, that's going to be a lot harder to do. You know, when it's like if if my whole brand is all about sincere Hogan, then that's a brand that pretty much is going to be sticking with me for life unless I plan on changing my name and, you know, selling my name to someone. What my business was, it was associated with me. And now it's less about me. And now it's all about my nutrition supplements. Right. Who I am and what I do is is basically irrelevant. People buy the products because they want stuff that works. Right. (laughs) The fact that I use it and I and I use it personally and it works. Those are all things that help validate everything. But mm-hmm. people aren't going to just buy it because they think I'm a nice guy. They're going to buy it <laughs> right. because they want stuff that works. And if it doesn't work, they're not going to buy it again. Right. So you create good, you create a good nutrition supplement company legitimately by creating great products that actually work as opposed to creating crappy products and then just putting a crap load of money into marketing and advertising and moving as much product as you can before people get wise and the word gets out that you suck and you go under. A much longer right. run approach is make great products. Don't blow any money on advertising because you're not going to have to because people are going to use it and they're going to tell everyone they know about it. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, that's a good little takeaway right there, especially you guys thinking about starting your own business and trying to make the decision like, you know, where do I go with this? You know, look right. at that look right. at that end game. You want something that, you know, hey, I want to just this is this is me. You know, I want this to be about me. I mean, are you creating something that you could actually that someone could actually buy from you? Yeah, exactly. As opposed yeah. to doing something where it works, but only if you're involved. So now you have to keep doing it indefinitely, whether so, you like to or not. So yeah, so now you got to make a decision. Like, okay, do you really want to have to be so involved as much? You know, and I think that's usually what a lot, especially people in the fitness industry, they kind of get in trouble when they, you know, some people really like training people all day long. I didn't. <laughs> I I have this this thing about you know the concept of free time and free time doesn't mean I'm just sitting on my ass doing nothing you know but free time means that I can but pursue you, hobbies you can if, you want. if I wanted to that's exactly important. that's the thing about it so you wake up you're like I am gonna do that today I'm just gonna sit here and just do not a damn thing but just stare at this TV and do a Netflix marathon of Jessica Jones that's what I'm gonna do today <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's 13 hours of just nothingness right there because I earned it. Okay, so yeah, that's that's when you gotta make that decision, man. And or do you just actively just like you know one client after the other and after the other? Next thing you know, you know, oh, you've got just a little time to get in, you know, some training for yourself, you know, get in, you know, a shake or something like that. And then you know, I just fear that that's first of all, it's not sustainable. It's really not sustainable. Well, the irony is some people are working so hard on their business. That they don't have time to create business. Right. Yeah, so their business is stuck in neutral. You're just <laughs> working hard to stay to stay in at the same level. Stay afloat. But you, but, but you don't have any time to, to allocate towards moving up to another level. Yeah. Because you have to spend so much time on the maintenance wheel. Exactly. Exactly. Like you're just sitting there in the garage, man, constantly working on your engine. I mean, sooner or later, don't you want to drive the freaking car, man? Don't you want, <laughs> yeah. don't you want to see how fast it can go? Like, nah, man, I got to keep working but on that, this engine. That's the entrepreneur's, the entrepreneur's <laughs> paradox, though, because we see that a lot where they're working yeah. so hard on their business that they don't have time to, to grow the business. Right. 
and that's where it becomes make a more efficient business model i I, i'm very much into efficiency because i'm like you i want to have a certain amount of free time i don't want to have a lot of expensive overhead which is stressful you know for for, so for me i I like being a home-based business that leverages the internet yeah because there's minimal expenses involved with all of that and if you Mm -hmm. wanted to shut down the whole thing it's very easy to do (laughs) right as well well, if you own a facility and you're paying a lot of money there each month, paying a le- yeah, you got a lease and you you're stuck lease, there for exactly. a year, you know, you know. So, or some people take these crappy deals there for like five, ten years, you know, or at least like that's like a death sentence to me when I see that. Like, oh, but I got a good rent, you know, my lease is good. Facility is really stressed, right? Yeah. I can't think of anyone who I know who runs a facility day to day who is not stressed. <laughs> they're all, they're all <laughs> right. really stressed. And that, I mean, I look at that and go, man, I definitely want, I don't want to do that. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I don't want to do it. So exactly. it's, about, it's about being honest with who you are and what you're prepared to do. Yeah, exactly, man. So me, I like to, if I see a good deal, I get like a travel deal and email like, oh, man, to my India for seven days, you know, for five ninety nine. I don't want to sit there and have to like, oh, man, but I can't shut down the gym for a week because of this, da, 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 da. You know, especially when, and it pisses you off even more when you actually, you know you have the money to go do that. Because, yeah, that trip, it's going to be more than five five hundred ninety nine bucks. You know, when right. you, it's going to probably be about two dollars $3,000 when right. it's all said and done. That's and right. But what pisses you off, you know, it's kind of like, I'm going to take a quote. <laughs> from Bobby Axelrod from Billions last year. What good is fuck you money when you can't say fuck you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what's cool to be in a position where you can turn down stuff you don't want to do. Right. That, that's always very satisfying. <laughs> yeah. You don't have that scarcity mindset. Even if even sometimes it's not even a scarcity mindset. No. It's, a, it's a literal mindset. Yeah. Going, Here are all the bills that are coming in, and if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to pay them. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and by the way, folks, if you're not watching Billions, check it out on, uh, what is it, Showtime? Yeah, Showtime. <laughs> There's a lot of takeaways from that show that you could probably apply to your business beyond just the whole, you know, hedge fund guy and all this other stuff and U.S. attorney and the good guy, bad guy, whatever that even means when you really start to think about it. No, but just some, it's just a lot of takeaways that you can really think about as far as your own personal situation and your own business, even, a, even the thing about ambition and when enough is not enough. You know, even when you think you want it all and then you actually get everything and you still want more. And well, how much is enough? When do you stop? You know, when do you get to the point where it's not even manageable anymore? And when you kind of lost yourself in it. Like the Buddha always said, life is suffering. And for one of the reasons is because it's never going to be enough, right? No, it's desire, man. No matter what you have, you're always going to have that desire for more. Yeah. So you could have a a really nice house. You go, I want a bigger house or I want two houses. Like I have a really nice car. I want two or three. Right. I I, I deadlift to 600 pounds. Yeah. I want a new, I just got the new, I got the new iPhone, but now I want the next one. You know, it's just like, well, what's wrong with the one you just bought two months ago? Well, I bought a two months ago <laughs> it's like, no, okay. and, I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with striving for more and wanting more but you just have to put it in the context yeah like i said on a on the episode with lee boyce i have all these training goals but what i try to do each day is be grateful for what i've already achieved exactly go on you know like i want to press double 88 15 times but i'm i'm grateful that i can press it at all right now exactly. like I can press it five times eight times etc you know i want to deadlift 600 pounds but i'm grateful that i can that i'm healthy and i don't have any injuries and i can deadlift 550 you know, what's wrong with that? Why isn't that enough? So right. it's not a question that what I've achieved is not enough. It's just fun for, to go for more 
but it doesn't affect my happiness, meaning that I don't have to achieve those goals to be happy. I can be happy right now. Yeah, those goals don't make or break me. They, they're, they're, exactly. they're not who I am. They're and, if, just, and if they don't happen, it's not like my life is worthless now. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, well, man, you know, that was the one thing you were put on this planet to do, so I guess you blew it. Oh, well, good luck on the next round. <laughs> oh, man. But it's kind of like people who can't take a compliment, right? Like we were talking about this. Like uh, like a lot of women have a hard time with this because they tend to be self-deprecating. They're like, oh, you look nice today. It's like, oh, I don't feel good. It's like, I didn't ask you how to do it. Like you said, right? <laughs> So, I mean, some people are like, just take the compliment and shut up. Yeah. So some people have the gibber like that. They live to yeah. something. Oh, you're looking, you're looking pretty strong. It's like, oh, I feel weaker today. Like, look, man, that guy didn't ask about all that. He just said, he just In fact, I didn't even ask anything. I made a statement. He made a statement. Thank you and then move on. Exactly. It's, to my, it's so much easier just to say thank you than to actually come up with that excuse, that rebuttal. Because <laughs> you have to put thought in it. Oh, well, you know, it's because this and, you know, last year. Whoa, 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 whoa. I also words. think it doesn't hurt anything to, to praise people freely, right? So yeah. I mean, like, if, if, like I saw a kid the other day mm-hmm. squatting a good amount of weight in the gym, great technique, and I was like, good job, man. That was killer. Mm-hmm. And I could tell it just perked him up a little bit. Yeah. He got a little bit of acknowledgement, and he, he, he worked hard for that, so it was nice to be recognized. And I'm not just giving fake praise, like someone does something with shitty technique, and I'm saying, hey, great job. Right. I'm giving it's, it's it's genuine praise, but I'm giving it out as opposed to some people where someone does something impressive, they're always trying to come up with excuses for why they can do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, it's easy for him to do it. Well, it's the yeah, but oh, it's easy. It's easy for that person to do. It. It's like shut up. Man. Yeah, Just again, it's it's, shut up. it's the yeah, but crowd. Like, yeah, that was impressive, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be, I mean, a smart person is going to be inspired by that. Like, I see yeah. someone crushing it, it makes me want to crush it. I see exactly. someone fighting the UFC and they destroy. I'm like, man, I want, I'm going to go destroy my workout tomorrow. <laughs> right. You know, it, it could be something totally unrelated, but I'm drawing that inspiration. Right. As opposed to going, oh well, it's easier for them to do it. That's that's, that's a real loser mentality. Like, if, you, if you ever catch yourself saying or thinking stuff like that, just bitch slap yourself. <laughs> Take your hand and just slap yourself across the face. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is a loser mindset. I mean, I don't think anything will impede your success more than that. Like this jealousy of others, but there's no need to be jealous because you're not willing to do what they did to achieve those things. So what are you jealous of? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So you're willing to make the sacrifices? No, then shut up. Just get the person. That person is. You know, I'm not willing to make the sacrifices to go be a UFC fighter. So, nah. so that doesn't mean that I can't praise the people that are. You know, it doesn't make me look bad that they are. Right. <laughs> so, some people are like so worried that they they everything's about them, right? Like the whole world revolves around them. So they're thinking that anytime someone does something impressive, it makes them look bad. So they shouldn't they, should, they shouldn't do it because it reflects badly on them. Like that's that is the ultimate loser mentality, right? There. Right. So don't be that guy or girl or girl. <laughs> Well, we don't with, don't be a yeah, but don't be a yeah, but okay. Well, we see that with our friend Donna, right? Donna's ridiculously ex- uh, strong. You know, her, her yeah, Donica, is, yeah, Donica, yeah, Donica. Sorry, yeah. Donica. Her 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 training is awesome, man. Like I right. see some of her clips, I'm like, that's badass. I'm gonna go have a great workout now. Like her technique is good. Yeah. She's very strong, and she's lifting like half her body weight or yeah half I mean, her body weight she's moving a pair of reds you know she's yeah, yeah, snatching yeah, yeah. a red and she's like 120 pounds soaking right. wet and she, <laughs> and she was telling me she gets a lot of negative feedback oh she does dude. and i don't i don't follow social media bullshit so i'm not aware of this but i was like wow that's just i mean it's not shocking because i know human nature but it's just petty and a total waste of energy and what's funny is the most of the hating comes from females 
You yeah, know, well, that, that's not even from guys. Out. Guys are sitting like, Shh. no, no, well, no guys gonna hate on guys. <laughs> We're gonna be like, like damn. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you got all these females like, well, why do you, why do you want want your body to look like that? Why do you have to lift so much? And it's like, what? Why who? Why would a woman want to lift a weight that heavy? And, you know, it's like, wow, that's that's the first thing came out of your mouth when you saw guy, that. Guys, guys are distracted by like the short shorts. <laughs> like, not, they're like, oh, what was she lifting again? I didn't even notice that. No, no, yeah, actually, I, actually, uh, a lot of women can be very negative towards other women. That's yeah. for, for sure. Like sometimes, uh, sometimes we'll be like in, in a lot of these training communities, there'll be like a few females, right? And sometimes yeah. there'll be the the one female who wants all the attention from the guys, mm-hmm. and then a few more females come into the fold, and they start taking some of the attention, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> those other women get catty. And that's one thing that's different about men and women to some extent is that most guys are not too catty with other guys, right? <laughs> I'm not saying they aren't all 100% of the time. Sometimes the arrogance works in a man's favor because you, you, yeah. you simply like, I don't care about that dude. Look at me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't have, I don't, I don't need a six pack. I mean, if I walk into a room, I'm not looking at other guys and sizing them up like, oh, why is that guy getting attention? Or why is this guy dressed? You know, exactly. was, it's just not really a male thing, right? But some, but some women tend to do that, man. They tend yeah. to, they tend to have like this real jealousy of other women that are get that are garnering garnering attention. Yeah, so much, trust me, so much, you don't you don't have to worry about losing attention from a guy to another woman because that's just what we do. <laughs> to my, most guys are gonna pay it. It's like look, you, look, any straight guy, a, a woman comes in the room. The, most guys are gonna like, oh, look at her, oh, look at her, especially when you're in this fitness environment, because the way things are going now, <laughs> the way society is now, and trust me, even then, even if you're not so fit, guys are still gonna look. It doesn't matter what size you are or what you do. You're a woman. If he's straight, you're a woman. Nine times out of ten, he's looking. It doesn't matter who you are. It's just that's 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 a guy. <laughs> you know, it's the thing even about it. It's, even if it's negative, I mean, you may be like, wow, she's got a three-dimensional camel toe. But- <laughs> Yeah, okay, man. You know like, what? Why you I cannot <laughs> unsee that, and I think that's probably a good place to stop the show now because you you hit me with like three or four things that I can't unsee in my mind, and that but, sucked. But you okay. laugh because well, you know, know what? what? I'm talking about. Well, to my or sadly, to my, there's some men that walk around with that three dimensional camel toe, like Chris Christie when he was in his when he was in his little baseball uniform, which I'll never unsee that picture again in my life. Yeah, I wish I never saw you that. Some good stuff for the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the guys end the discussion on camel toes. Right? <laughs> oh, man, that was fun. Okay, yeah, so we can go ahead and wrap up there. Remember, use that coupon code, folks, LLA, to get 10% off the best nutrition supplements around. And you can also not use it to, to, to provide even more money to use for the show and whatever ventures we want to support. So that's at MikeMahler.com or NewWarriorTraining.com. And anything else you want to add, man? And hop over to Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash LLA podcast. Support the show on a monthly basis and become a monthly subscriber. Five, ten bucks, even more. We have 20, we have $20 supporters that give us 20 bucks every month as well to keep the show going and growing, help us with production and all this other good stuff, man. And, uh, we appreciate all that. And last but not least, you can always share the episode with Everyone that you have following you on social media. So you can go into iTunes and also Stitcher, leave a review or head on social media and just share those episodes from there as well. In fact, when you go into iTunes and, and Stitcher, it makes it very easy for you to share the episode via social media because all the buttons are right there. So leave your review, then click on the button and boom, look what I just said about these guys. Cause I'm brilliant when I type a good review. Check me <laughs> out. Cause I am that guy. <laughs> Something to be proud of. All right, folks. That's going to wrap it up right. for this week. Catch you on the next one. Take care. Take care, everyone.